This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced for the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Multimedia. You can find it online at www.mailtribune.com forward slash podcasts and on my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish. If you spend much time on Instagram, particularly following chefs and other food professionals and, and foodies, you will see baked goods presented as if they're in a beauty contest. It's, it's mind blowing. The hundreds, if not thousands of Instagrammers, and many of them are home bakers who are producing intricately woven pie crusts and fancifully frosted cakes. It's (laughs) mind boggling to me, and I'm sure it takes hours and hours to get just right. Um, There's a lot of imitation. They all do kind of run together a little bit, but there are um, some Instagrammers who are particularly well-known. And one of them is Julie Jones. She is a British home baker. And one of the things that she really sort of elevated is geometric designs using rhubarb. A few months back, she posted a checkerboard pie filling. I mean, just absolutely ruler straight and perfect alternating pink forest rhubarb and white rhubarb, interestingly enough. And it's <laughs> almost too amazing to, to eat, really, if you are a fan of, of these sorts of photos. Leah Eskin, a writer for the Chicago Tribune, sort of gave some kudos to these Instagrammers in in one of her most recent stories, but admitted that it's not for the average baker. For most of us, getting our fill of spring rhubarb is plenty satisfying. And it's even more satisfying when you have to work too hard at it. And that's kind of where I'm at with my baking. I've admitted many, many, many times over the years in my blog that I'm just not a baker. I'm a very, very impatient, imperfect baker. And I really favor things that are really straightforward, really easy, don't have a lot of ingredients, don't take a lot of fussing, but still taste great that really kind of leave an impression on people. And rhubarb is definitely one of those ingredients that does that. It's very, very distinctive. Not many people are ambivalent to rhubarb. They either love it or they're kind of like, yeah, not so much. I think I'd rather have something else. I'm in the former camp. And as soon as our rhubarb starts coming up in our garden, I'm, you know, checking it at almost every day to see if it's the stalks are sizing up enough to start cutting some off and um, usually making one of my kind of go-to desserts. And that's what I've called a crostata over the years. I've also called it a galette. Leah Eskin calls it just a rustic rhubarb tart. And basically, it's a single crust pie that doesn't even need a a pie plate. Um, It's formed right on top of a baking sheet on um, a length of parchment paper. And what makes it so great is it kind of just dump the filling in the middle and fold up the edges. And it's supposed to look um, 
quaint and homey, you know, like anyone could do it. And really anyone can. My current blog um, at www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish, it's titled Spring into Summer Sweet is Supremely Simple. It gives a recipe for this rustic tart. It's actually the recipe that Leah Eskin posted. But I have done this dish many times um, over the past few years. I like to give mine a little extra pizzazz. She keeps hers really, really simple with just finely grated zest of a lemon as pretty much the only other flavor. I really love a splash of rose water with rhubarb. It just gives it that kind of extra something you know, you're not quite sure what it is. Most people don't register it as rose water, but it just really enhances the flavor of the rhubarb. And I also love doing that just in a compote to put on ice cream or Greek yogurt. I also love almond extract in my baked goods. Anytime I see a recipe that calls for vanilla extract, which of course is almost ubiquitous in baking, I pretty much always do half vanilla extract, half almond extract, just because I love that flavor. And it also goes really well here. I do think that the um, freshly grated lemon zest is pretty essential. It seems so strange to pair a sour flavor with rhubarb, which is so sour, but they really do play off of each other beautifully. And I never leave it out. I mean, at least not intentionally. The way that Leah Eskin begins her recipe is by macerating the rhubarb in about a half cup of sugar. She lets it rest for a couple of hours at room temperature or even overnight in the refrigerator and then pours off that liquid. And the rhubarb has basically steeped in that sugar and kind of sweetened itself. I don't usually take the time to do that. I This for me is like a very spur of the moment recipe. So to compensate for the liquid that the rhubarb exudes when it's tossed with the sugar, I usually just add like about a half tablespoon or, or so of cornstarch to my filling. Again, pretty common in any pie filling, just firms it up and gives it a little bit of a gel. I think that that's perfectly appropriate here. And you could dispense with macerating the rhubarb first and, and adding that thickener. I also usually skip making paste. Actually, I think I have always skipped making the pastry. I've also admitted that I just don't have much confidence that I could make a better pastry given how seldom I exercise the skill than the pastry I simply can buy in the store rolled up in the box. And a lot of people think, oh, it's heresy. How can you even call yourself a cook? If you're going to do that, yeah, it's semi-homemade, but it's still pretty tasty. I haven't gotten any complaints from anyone so far. And I think, hey, that's the easiest pie in the world. No planning ahead. I almost always have refrigerated, ready-to-roll pie crust on hand because I use it in quiche. Um, I use it for, you know, little turnovers, just, yeah, again, spur of the moment. And that makes this dish even easier. Don't even macerate the rhubarb. Have your pie crust on hand. But I do have the authentic pie pastry 
recipe posted on my blog. And so that's, I'm going to go over that first um, before getting into the rhubarb filling because it is admittedly very, very simple and, and requires not that much more effort than using um, a refrigerated pie crust. It does need to chill ahead of time um, for at least an hour. So yeah, you're going to have to plan ahead a little bit. A lot of people would certainly say the results are worth it. And it does save you some money on on that store-bought pie crust. So it comes together very easily in a food processor, into the processor bowl. Measure one cup flour, seven tablespoons unsalted butter that have been cut into small cubes, and a quarter teaspoon salt. Pulse that until the largest lumps are about the size of peas. That's very common instruction in making pastry making in a food processor. Sprinkle on four tablespoons ice cold water. And of course, um, a lot of pastry recipes call for ice cold. Um, it just yields a more tender crust as does keeping that butter cold. Pulse in the processor, adding a little bit more water if needed, usually just a like a teaspoon or so at a time until it's about... It, the consistency of damp clumps. If you do this a lot, you know what this looks like. You know what it feels like. For a novice, you know, it, it may take a, a little bit of practice. It does for me. Dump that out um, onto a piece of plastic wrap. You can, you can also use wax paper for this and chill for at least one hour. You can, you can also be simultaneously macerating the rhubarb if you're going to go that route. And to do that, you're going to start with a pound of fresh rhubarb. That's about four good-sized stalks. Trim off the ragged edges, slice it in half lengthwise, and then cut it crosswise, so the opposite direction, kind of on a diagonal, into a half-inch thick, they call it lozenges. I mean, they're irregular shaped pieces. They're kind of like a little U-shape, like a stalk of celery before it's cut in half um, lengthwise. It'll measure about three and a half cups. Toss that in a bowl with a half a cup granulated, aka white sugar, and let that rest, stirring occasionally for two hours if it's at room temperature, or you can do this overnight. Do the pie pastry, let it rest overnight. Do the rhubarb and let it rest overnight if that's the simplest way to get it done earlier the next day. So when you're ready to bake this pie, preheat the oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Drain the rhubarb, discarding the liquid. Again, as I mentioned, if you're doing this just spontaneously, and I like to even use frozen rhubarb for this that I've cut up and just stashed in a Ziploc bag in the freezer when we have extra um, during the spring from our garden, you don't need to do anything to rhubarb um, other than that. It just freezes effortlessly and freezes really, really beautifully as well. So that's when I typically just open the Ziploc bag. Um, you know, I've often let it thaw out in the fridge um, overnight, drain off as, as much liquid as I can, you know, there's still a little liquid left over. And that's when I add my half a cup or so sugar. I like my rhubarb on the tart side. So I may even use a little less, more like a third a cup of sugar 
again, a half tablespoon or so of cornstarch and the finely grated zest of, of one lemon. You can do a splash of rose water there, a splash of almond extract, a splash of vanilla extract, as I mentioned, and just kind of squish that all up in the plastic bag and, and that's your filling ready to go. Roll out the pastry to an eighth inch thinness, trim to a 12 inch circle and set it on parchment lined baking sheet. Again, if you're using refrigerated pastry, you don't even have to trim it. It's ready to go. Just plop that right on the baking sheet. Pile the rhubarb um, that's been macerated, according to the Chicago Tribune's recipe, onto the pastry, leaving a border of about two and a half inches. Or dump the contents from your Ziploc bag, the way I mix it up, onto the pastry. If you're going by the recipe from the Chicago Tribune, it's on my blog for macerating rhubarb, sprinkle an additional quarter cup sugar over the rhubarb. You can do that even if you're um, doing the Ziploc bag method like I do. And coarse sugar is also really nice. I like the texture of coarse demimera. It's kind of a light brown color on this, but this just calls for plain granulated sugar. Dot it with some butter, of course, which is very common for tarts. About a tablespoon is what this recipe calls for, cold. And you can grate it on a microplane or grater or kind of dice it up and just sprinkle it on top. And then this is the fun part, um, which is pleating the pastry. Again, it's just totally free form. Um, and I just find it a very um, satisfying, very brief kind of meditation almost. Just fold up um, kind of one edge and just sort of pleat it. Um, you know, make a make a little fold and, you know, go another few inches um, around the circumference and bring it up and pleat it again. Make a little fold and just keep going around. And it, it should look rough and imperfect. You know, it, it's a really, really casual but lovely dessert. This recipe doesn't call for an egg wash. I like brushing mine with a little bit of beaten egg just to make it pretty and shiny. Um, I also like sprinkling a little bit of that coarse demimera sugar just around the crust. I think adds a really nice touch. I mean, if you're going to use refrigerated pie crust, you know, make it as fancy as you can. It's my way of atoning for my <laughs> pastry making apathy, as I put it in my blog. If you really want to gild the lily, you can also spread on the top of the fruit maybe a little bit of red currant jelly just to give it a nice shine. You can put a couple tablespoons just very briefly in the microwave, melt it down and brush that on the top. That's another little kind of pastry makers trick that I like to use that I, I know professionals do for fruit tarts. Bun Mama brand makes a nice red currant jelly that I use almost exclusively for this, for just quick, easy, rustic fruit tarts. So you've got your tart um, assembled, edges folded up on parchment on the baking sheet. Put it into the preheated oven, again 400 degrees Fahrenheit, and bake until the pastry's brown. The juices have thickened. That's going to take about 35 to 38 minutes. Cool it, preferably on a rack if you have one, 
and it can be eaten warm or it's great at room temperature as well. A little bit of ice cream or a little bit of Greek yogurt takes it to that next level. So that is rustic rhubarb tart. You can find that recipe on my blog, www.mailtribune.com forward slash whole dish.